Here we go. What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am good. Hope everybody's good. We got a special guest tonight, man. This is the man himself, Mr. Jake Hubman. What's going on, buddy? Man, this this is going to be fun. I don't get to do the podcast very often. I'm kind of relegated to video duty. Uh, But if you're going to give me an opportunity to talk in front of a microphone, I'm going to do it. You're going to do it and you're going to like it. And you know what, man, this is we can we can say all the swears we want because we got the explicit. Yeah, feel free. Exactly. I mean, it's like the after dark version. That's it. And, and we're good. And we're good to go, man. Before we get started, let everybody know on Straight Chubb, our boy Rem, he, Chris uh, Kennedy, he is taking a leave of absence, just so everybody knows, and they're aware, our boy, he is, uh, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, man, and, and you know, we're here to support every uh, everybody, our brother especially, so whatever he's got to take care of, he's going to take care of it, he'll be back stronger than ever, and, and you know what, life just gets in the way, so we will fill the time with everyone who we got, man, and now I got Jake in the house, and this is great. Perfect. Let, 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 let's hit it off. Let, let's go ahead and, uh, and get into the first topic here, because I'm, I'm anxious to, to talk a little football without having to stare directly into a camera. You know, and, and this is the thing, man. We do a segment here on the show called the airing of grievances. You know this. Do you have grievances that you want to let out? Is there anything pressing that you need to let out? I mean, one thing that really irritates me, and maybe it's just because over the past few days, you're seeing a lot of mock drafts, right? And that's cool with me. Like I have no issues with everybody's mock drafts because I think if, if you can say anything about the NFL draft is that it, you don't know what's going to happen and you never know every single year. There's huge surprises, but there are so many people that get butt hurt <laughs> over mock drafts. Yep. It is so irritating at times. It's like, just scroll by it. Like obviously there's different scenarios. Things are going to happen, but the people that get all up in their feelings over a mock draft, <laughs> They got to find something better to do with their time. That, that's that's one thing that, that I'm airing out here at the beginning. Boom. Airing of grievances. I love it because you know what? I like the mocks too. I mean, but I only usually do one at the end of the year or before the draft, I should say. But I mean, yeah, man, it is a, a prediction. We are predicting. This is, you don't have a glass ball that's going to no. tell you the future, man. I got two glass balls. <laughs> two glass balls. <laughs> If you got two glass balls, I don't know, man. We got some issues. They're, they're fragile. You got to be careful. They're you know? fragile. <laughs> Clanging together, man. It's not going to be good. Anyway, let's dive into the show, man. We got some headlines to deal with because before it is draft week, baby, draft week. I am ready for this. I am so excited. This is one of my favorite times of the NFL offseason. I love it. I love the scouting. I love every ounce of it. But first, we'll get into the details. We had a trade, Jake, man. We had the Kansas City Chiefs trading with the Baltimore Ravens. They sent, and I'll, I'll break it down for those that don't know, Orlando Brown in a second-round pick, 58 overall, 2022 sixth-round pick going to the Chiefs. And the Ravens get a first-round pick, 31 overall, third-round, fourth-round, and a 2022 fifth round pick man i like this trade a lot is the reason why i bring it up not only does baltimore get that second first round pick but the kansas city chiefs man we thought they were going to go into the season with no offensive line they revamped the entire offensive line and i want to start here with orlando brown they are paying the guy off a rookie contract and now this whole line looks like it's even better than it was last year yeah i mean it, it works out because orlando brown was disgruntled right if he wasn't disgruntled i don't understand the move because he's a great offensive lineman but 
I think that we saw in the Super Bowl that, listen, uh, they're not going to be able to stop opposing defenses. And if you don't keep you know, Patrick Mahomes upright to the point to, uh, to give him that opportunity to throw the ball down the field, you're going to be in trouble. Other teams watch the Super Bowl. I don't know if you know this or not, Chris, but, but we, we were not the only ones that watched the Super Bowl. Other NFL teams got to see exactly mm. what the winning combination was to get after the Chiefs. The Buccaneers laid it all out on the line. And the Chiefs had to do something. And, and grabbing an all-pro talent like Orlando Brown is, is a great, you know, you know, ad here in the offseason. Well worth the first round pick, in my opinion, because no matter who they selected at 31, it wasn't going to be the, to the the caliber of an Orlando Brown at the offensive line position. So I, I don't hate it whatsoever. I love it. I, I love every ounce of it, especially when it comes to the money aspect. Like you're saying, he is all pro. He's going to be the left tackle. And that was his problem. He wanted to be the left tackle on a club. Now he's probably going to not fight for that job. And they get it at a discount. You, you save money. So all that money you paid Patrick Mahomes. Now you just, you, you pulled it basically off yep. the board with this, with this move. I love it all day long. Baltimore, on the other hand, I, I just want to touch on them real quick. Now they have the two first round picks. Yes, they are in the later uh, after 25. I believe it's 27-31. This is interesting to me because you know they lost a lot of uh, talent on the defensive line. I think they're going straight up defense. I did my mock draft for a uh, headliner. You uh, just released yesterday. But I mean, I think they're going defense, man. You, do you agree? Do you agree with me? I think that they do. However, there's going to be that pressure, that outside pressure to get another catcher of balls in there. Mm. They need another playmaker, right? Because uh, on the surface, it's like, man, they need somebody else. Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews just aren't enough. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but I mean, Lamar Jackson isn't going to be able to support more offensive weapons, right? I mean, just because you continue to add doesn't mean he's going to continue to supply. So you kind of have to take it for what it's worth. The Ravens are a run-first team. They are going to live and die by the running game. We love J.K. Dobbins. Mm. We kind of like Gus Edwards a little bit. We know Lamar Jackson, if he's not running, that offense is going to stall out. We saw that at the beginning of 2020. So where do they need to go? You win championships by running the football and playing good defense. They have the running the football down. It's time to rebuild the defense, add in some of those pieces. It makes more sense, but it all depends. If there's some sexy wide receiver sitting there at 31, it would not surprise me if they went that direction. But they did Sammy Watkins, man. Sammy Watkins is going to be the savior. Whew, I mean, that, that yeah, the, the <laughs> rebirth of Sammy Watkins in Baltimore is not going to happen. Like, pull, he will not be on fantasy football rosters. I'll pull back one of my great lines. He's going to be a phoenix rising from the sun. You love Sammy Watkins. Don't lie. Uh, you know, I, I have to give up my love for this guy because it's, it's overblown. His now. best seasons were in Buffalo. Yes, they were, and I'm going to still preach it, man. Those were the really last cool. time he was good, too. <laughs> the last time he was relevant, man. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastard. The Falcons, man. This one was interesting. I caught this one. So they're, they're receiving calls on Mr. Julio Jones, and I think this is maddening because Julio is another one of these guys that I love, man. He is likely – I've said it before on the show many times that he is – uh, next to Andre Reed, my favorite wide receiver ever to play in this game. And, and the fact that they're listening to calls is very peculiar to me. So then if, if you're planning on trading Julio Jones, yes, the, the money's impactful. So it's $15 million they're going to save on the cap if they trade him. But the thing is now, what is his stock worth? I'm, I'm, I want to really get into this conversation with you because I want your opinion because do you really truly believe he's going to get a first round pick back? I really don't see his value that high anymore. I don't, I don't think anybody's willing to give up that number, but 
here I'm going to be completely honest. I was scrolling through Twitter today and everybody's doing jersey swaps, right? Because they want to see what Julio looks like in other jerseys. There's okay. only one option that really made my tail waggle a little bit. And please don't. And that, what? Please don't do it. It's no. not New England. Oh, thank God. Oh, God. The, the Patriots suck. Their time is over. Boom. No, thank I'm God. talking about the Washington football team. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Uh, something about that. And then I also saw a potential trade up for the football team to move up and take Trey Lance if he isn't selected number three by San Francisco. Mm. You add Trey Lance and Julio Jones to the Washington football team, I am a very happy man. Outside of that, I don't understand it. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I don't think Julio's done by any means. I, mm. I don't. If it wasn't for the injury concerns, he would definitely probably get that first round you know, you know, know, pick back. I just don't think people want to pay for a, a aging wide receiver who has an injury history almost on a yearly basis uh, to give up that type of capital for somebody who's just going to be a question mark. And plus, in my opinion, keep him in Atlanta. I mean, why, why do you want to get rid of him? He's, he's worth more to you than probably what you're going to get in return for him. He opens up the field for Calvin Ridley. Maybe they take Kyle Pitts at number four. Now you got Ridley, Julio and Pitts. I kind of like that. I mean, mm. that, they got no running game, right? So we know they're going to have to throw the ball. They're, are, are we going to rely on Mike Brown in the backfield? No, they're going to throw the ball a lot. And they're going to have to in that division anyway. Keep Julio Jones. You're going to have to try to outscore people because your defense isn't good enough. So I'm keeping Julio right, in, right there in Atlanta if I can. Yeah, that's where I'm going because I was thinking about this a lot. I said, you know, trying to dissect the rationale and understanding why outside of the move of money. So I get it. They're in cap purgatory. They have issues with the dollars. But you're, you're still in win-now mode. You really are, okay? Yes, they have holes all over this club. We get it. The defense is, is piss poor. But, I mean, you really, truly are still in win-now mode with Matt Ryan. You have the pieces. If you do add a guy like Kyle Pitts, then all the better. If you don't, you're trading back likely, and you're, you're stacking picks for the future. So why would you get rid of this man? He has been Atlanta Falcon through and through that is like slitting the throat of, of your family member you don't do that stuff and you got to think about it from a team perspective too what does that tell the locker room mm. you know it, it basically tells the locker room that we're kind of tanking right now guys you know i mean we're kind of we're not playing for right now then we're it's not our year or next year and i don't know if you want that that aura in your locker room in april like i just don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense across the board keep julio in atlanta you know he's going to torch the, the panthers twice a year he gets like 200 yards a game against the panthers anyway there's two division games you can wrap up when yep. and if nothing else that, that makes it worth it you know tampa bay they're going to have to keep the pressure on even new orleans without drew Brees, they're going to have to they're going to score points in new orleans still they're not going to stop scoring touchdowns trust me it's just going to be a little bit more uh not conventional i guess we'll call it but uh, yeah, I, keep Julio in Atlanta. Forget about the money part of it. Just keep playing. Do whatever you can. I, I, I think the tall tale sign is going to be, though, is, is that number four pick. If that number four pick just happens to surprise us and be a quarterback, Julio Jones is probably gone at some point in, in the next few picks. Oh, I love that, man. That's a great point. You know, I didn't even think of that because I'm thinking, you know, even if they go, say, Trey Lance, I was thinking – yeah, you could you could have Trey sit behind Matt Ryan a little bit and keep Julio, but now that makes a lot of sense. Look at you go. Look at me. See, I, I kind of understand football a little just bit. Just a little I, bit. Just a, I mean, I've been around it a little bit. I, I'm yeah. not saying that's going to happen by any means. I have no insider information stating that. However, it just kind of makes sense to me that you know if they if they're going to do that, more than likely they have a plan in place already for a pick somewhere in the mid to late teens with a team. 
to grab to grab Julio Jones, swap a pick for him. Uh, yeah, and then who knows? Interesting, interesting stuff. I love it. I love draft talk, baby. The 49ers, they're making some news, man. So Kyle stupid Shanahan, news. It's, yeah, man. <laughs> and and Kyle stupid. Shanahan just he keeps talking. And, and they keep asking him the tough questions. And I, and I like how he's standing firm. He's, he's saying, you know, he's lying. I mean, we all know everybody's lying right now. Don't mm. believe shit, man, because nope. it, nothing's truth right now. But he's saying at the beginning, you know, Jimmy G is my guy. Jimmy G is my quarterback. No, he's not. We know this. Now, Jimmy G, they're listening to calls. They're shopping them before it was we want a first-round pick. But I get it. You know, they're setting the bar high. And mm-hmm. Open teams are going to call and say, we don't want to give the first. We'll give you a second. And, and would you take that? And, and this is the thing. So his value is very interesting to me because he has been off injured. He really hasn't done a whole heck of a lot. And even when they got, went into the playoffs, I believe that he was, he was really subpar. Um, but when it comes to landing spot and, and, and value of return on, on trade investment, I'm really seeing a possibility here. We kind of discussed it in the chat earlier. It was, it was, do you believe that, okay, if the Patriots don't like what they see as the draft board goes, you know, damn well, Bill Belichick is calling Kyle Shanahan at that point and saying, okay, we didn't get our guy. I'll give you a second or third round pick for him and let's make a deal. I think right now what's hurting the 49ers is they don't have a whole lot of leverage, right? There's not too many teams right now that need that have that need to where, Oh my God, we're going to have to go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like there's a lot of options. A lot of the teams that have those needs are picking quarterbacks here at the beginning of the draft. And you bring up the Patriots and the Patriots make the most sense because he came from new England. He is a Belichick guy. Anyway, it's not mm-hmm. like he doesn't have any ties to new England, but I think New England kind of knows that, and they're kind of saying, man, we ain't going to pay that. And they know, San Francisco knows that nobody else is probably going to pay that price either, so they're kind of holding the chips. Belichick is is an absolute genius when it comes to stuff like this. To see Jimmy G go back to New England, I can't see him getting anything more than, what, a third, a fourth rounder maybe for mm-hmm. him uh, at best, and that's even that's, – that's fine. I would be actually fine that that actually improves – the, the offense of the New England Patriots, in my opinion, because Cam Newton is not going to be able to force feed this 32 wide receiver threes that he has on his roster right now. Like nobody is an alpha in, no. in New England and, he, and nobody's going to move the ball down the field. You got no Julian Edelman. You got no veteran leadership. You got, you got a whole lot of nothing. You got Cam Newton going to throw what eight touchdowns this year. It's going to be bad. If they can bring in Jimmy G, it makes sense. But San Francisco, I think is kind of just at the whim of the Patriots at this point, they're really going to try to have to wait and see. It may almost be worth it to just hang on to Jimmy G for one more year. Yeah. And his cap hit, I believe is like 2 million bucks. So even if the 49ers draft their quarterback, they can let go of Jimmy in, in, in training camp or or preseason if they feel like, because it's not going to cost them anything. So I get it. You know, you're going to try to recoup anything. And I was joking on Twitter earlier today. I said the the bill Belichick is going to trade for Jimmy G and somehow make uh, two compensatory picks come back later on. But I mean, that's just what he does. I don't know, man. I mean, why not for such a cheap price? Exactly. Like you just said, I mean, what are you going to do if they say they say they shock everybody except for us and they take Justin Fields right Mm. at number three, what happens if Justin Fields gets hurt hurt in August? Yep. Like I'm, a, I'm guessing we have some preseason this year, possibly. But what happens if he goes down? Your season is over because right. you don't have anybody else for two million bucks. Jimmy G is a great insurance policy to have sitting right there on your bench if you don't trust him, or if you know the rookie that you draft is coming along slow. 
Jimmy G goes in, and as soon as he starts to struggle, in comes the rookie. I mean, kind of similar to what we saw in Miami with Tua and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. They have that opportunity, and I think if any team can pull it off, it's the 49ers because Kyle Shanahan is an offensive mastermind, and he can find a way to make things kind of coexist with a veteran and a rookie quarterback. Agreed, and I think I misspoke. His dead cap is $2 million bucks. So Dead, I mean, alive, it don't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dead <laughs> or alive. It does not matter. <laughs> the Eagles, man, they're making some news recently. I saw this, and everyone, man, all Eagles fans, they can't stand Howie no. Roseman. They Nobody. Oh, my God. He I may feel, not have one fan. Not no, one. he does not, man. In that city, I, I think they're, like, at a stake burning him. Like, seriously. This poor bastard is, is trying his best, and he keeps making mistakes, and they're going to put him out. So here we go again. The news is that they're going to draft a quarter or a running back. Sorry, quarterback. They're going to draft a running back in the, in the second round and, and to team up with Miles Sanders, even after you got Jordan Howard on the team. I'm really confused, man. If, if, if you're building this roster and, and here's the thing. So I'm just going to lay it out. How I, how I foresee the Eagles and, and what I, I thought that they were doing with how they were moving up and down the draft board. So now they have three picks in the first round next year after the Carson Wentz deal and after they traded down. This is the thing. This is for Spencer Rattler, and, and you can't tw twist it any which way for me. If Jalen Hurts isn't your guy, you're going to find out within week up to what, maybe week eight, maybe week 10, you're really going to know if, if, if Jalen Hurts is your guy. If he's not, now you have the capital next season where your record's going to stink, likely, and, and now you have the capital to move up if you want to go and get Spencer Rattler, who is likely going to be the top commodity in the draft next year. But now you're doing all this other movement. I'm hearing they want to move back up. I'm hearing they want to draft running backs. Why the hell won't you give pieces to Hurts to help the guy out, man? Like, what am I missing? Uh, and, and look at the division they're in. Every other team in this division has improved. I won't, I'm not going to say by leaps and bounds, but they have improved. I mean, you got the Dallas Cowboys, right? They get an MVP caliber quarterback back in Dak Prescott. Okay, that's a huge return. They get a healthy offensive line back. That's a huge return. The Giants, they just brought in Kenny Galladay. They're surrounded with offensive weapons in New York. Can Daniel Jones take that step forward? He's got the opportunity to do it now. What about Washington? We keep talking about Washington, arguably one of the best defensive front sevens in all of football. Mm. We, I love me some Ryan Fitzmagic, yep. if he can come in there. Terry McLaurin, they got a lot of young talent, some young playmakers, Antonio Gibson in the backfield. They are, they're making the right moves in Washington to really set themselves up for the future and the Eagles are just being left behind. It's kind of like, it's like if you've never played Madden before and like you pick up a Madden controller, that's Howie Roseman right now because he's just completely lost. There's just too many buttons for him to figure out. He doesn't know which button does what. He's trying to go back and forth in the manual. They don't even make manuals anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a complete nightmare in Philadelphia. So the, the talk of bringing in a running back, by all means, there's no fewer need on this team right now than running back. You're, you're fine at running back with Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, uh, even those two alone. Plus, you still got what Boston Scott still yeah. sitting there also. Yeah. So you still have options. Uh, you got Jalen Rager. What do you have after Jalen Rager? Like if you're going to be on the offensive side of the football, make it offensive line or make it a, a pass catcher because – if Jalen Hurts is going to succeed and he is going to be the future, he's going to need more than just Jalen Rager. Uh, Jalen Waddle would be a, a great option, I mm. think, for them. I would love to see him in that offense. Yep. Plus, then you'd have Jalen Hurts, Jalen 
uh, Waddle, and then you'd have uh, Jalen Rager. I mean, it's just like it's like a, a trio of Jalen's is just Ooh. like the way to attack it. I think. I mean, if you go three deep at Jalen, uh, Jalen Strong. I mean, uh, what are you supposed to do about that? I mean, there's. I don't know. It, it's just that's an too, absolute that's too mess. Many J, that's too many Jalen's for me to even comprehend, man. dude. But think about it. On offense, you really only have to learn like one name. <laughs> and you can get majority of the starters right. Like you don't have to learn numbers. You just call them Jalen. You have a pretty good shot of getting it right. But yeah, the, whatever Philadelphia is trying to do, maybe they're playing chess. We're, we we tell everybody not to believe what everybody says nowadays. You know, around draft season anyway. Hopefully, this is the same thing for Philadelphia because if it's not, the fans in Philly are going to start revolting here pretty soon. Oh man, they're going to riot. They riot on the best of days, man. A sunny day yeah. full of beer, like that's that's a bad. Didn't move. they throw snowballs at Santa Claus one year? Yeah, man. Like that's even, a problem. They're ruthless, man. In Philly, man. man, you cannot do this to this fan club, Howie. I fear for your life, buddy. I really, truly do. Yes. The rumor mill is live, man. In the draft, we have so much crap happening right now, and like I said. I don't know what to believe. I'm just here to report it all. We can discuss it. I think this is great. The Cardinals, man, the Cardinals, they haven't heard nothing back. Your, your Cardinals, uh, let's, let's bring them up, man. I love bringing up the teams that we love because this right. is what makes this fun. The Cardinals, man, they, they, they talk to Larry Fitzgerald and he's still like, yeah, you know what? I don't really know what I want to do. Do I want to come back? Do I not? I really don't know. So now the rumor mill had it. If Waddle or Devonte Smith fall, and this got my straight chub to like rise because I was like, oh, baby, this is going to be something special. You put one of these guys on this offense. And I love that. I do. That is the I mean, the offense is already going to be great. The defense is improved with the addition of J.J. Watt. You got him and Chandler Jones. I mean, the pass rush is going to be insane. The problem is they're not going to be able to stop anybody in the secondary mm -hmm. like nobody the only way that i like this move is if jc horn is off the board i love jc horn he is my number one defensive back in this draft i like him more than caleb farley i like him more than patrick sertan uh he's just the guy he he's got he kind of reminds me of like tyron matthew when mm. tyron matthew came in he had that he's got that chip on his shoulder yes, he's he kind of like you know uh, Josh Norman a few years ago in Carolina like he wasn't that great of a defensive back but his his swagger and his attitude brought the defense to another level and took him to a Super Bowl not saying JC Horn's going to bring him to a Super Bowl but he's got that type of swagger that that team needs because right now it's full of a lot of nice dudes you know what I mean like there's a lot mm -hmm. of good guys in Arizona there is nobody out there that is just like ruthless and that's kind of what they need that's what I want if he's gone though Jalen you know Jalen Waddle. If he's sitting there, I don't hate it. Uh, I think if they draft a wide receiver, Larry's all but gone. I don't mm -hmm. think Larry would come back if they do draft a wide receiver. Maybe that's what he's waiting for. Hey, if they draft a wide receiver, I'm out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And maybe if they don't, I'll come back. Because I think Larry Fitzgerald and A.J. Green combined is a wide receiver one. Agreed. They're not going to be individually. They're not what they used to be. But if you combine them and you split them on the field, kind of like a 50-50 split at a wide receiver position, you got some wide receiver one weeks. Uh, and I think that makes the, the offense overall better. But the defense is where they need to focus. I get that they're trying to stir the pot right now, but I just don't see – I don't see that happening. I They have to go secondary unless they're guys off the board. See, and I like that point because – 
this is all about angling. So you're trying to angle your draft board by talking a bunch of smack and, and putting the fear into the other general managers saying, what did he just say? He's yep. taking my guy. I got to yep. move up this board. And, and this is what happens every single year, man. These guys get terrified that their player is going to be picked and, and you're not wrong. And this could be just, you know, this fiction of, of sorts to say, yeah, we're taking a wide receiver, even though we're stacked at the position right now. And we're just going to blow up your draft board. But I like the horn pick too. I'm a huge horn fan. Even though I got to disagree, and I think uh, Sertain is my number one guy. But, hey, he you is. know what? I know he is. We, we got to do what we got to do, you know? Not that he's bad. I no, don't think that Patrick Sertain is bad by any no, means. No, I just like I, it's the attitude side of things. Okay. Not that one is bad. I want, I just want that dog on the field. You just want the dog me, with the fight. And I, 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 to me, that's horn. I get it. I get it, man. It's, it's totally true. He is a dog. Some teams, man, this was interesting. Some teams right now have Javante Williams as the number one ranked running back in this draft class. And I was, I was shocked. I'm a huge Javante supporter. I think this guy is an animal too. I think he can do a world of good and hurt in this league. He's going to be a very sound back. I literally think even if he's in a tandem approach, he can literally take over a backfield by like week eight. I I truly believe it just based on skill set. But if you're telling me that you're putting Javante above Najee and Travis Etienne, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked. Uh, part of me just wants to think that's clickbait, you know, NFL draft type. We're trying to see, you know, how many clicks we can get on something because it sounds crazy. I live in North Carolina. I mean, Javante went to UNC. Like I, I know this guy. Mm. I'm not, not literally know him, but I've seen him. Uh, it's, there's no way. I mean, he is, he is a great talent and it's all going to depend on landing spot for all of these guys. I mean, what happens if Javante falls in this draft because they're just the running back position. They're not as coveted. What if he were to fall? And this is just off the top of my head, crazy to Tennessee. Mm. I mean, are we going to all of a sudden say, Oh, he's taking away Derrick Henry's job. No, no. like no. that's stupid. You know, and that makes no sense. Right. Now, if he falls somewhere else where he's going to get an opportunity, what if he goes to Miami? Okay. Now all of a sudden there's a chance that he could split with miles Gaskin and potentially win that backfield. But it, it just all depends. Uh, there's no way, though. As the top running back in this draft, I don't see what they would say negative about Najee or Travis Etienne enough to, to have him jump, for, you, know, you know, leapfrog both of those guys. It just doesn't make sense enough to me. What is the negatives on yeah. Najee and Etienne? I, I, don't, I don't know enough of them to, to make that move. Agreed. And, and, and the thing is, with all the uh, hatred on drafting running backs lately in the first round anyway, what the hell? You're, you're going to sit there. So again, here's the posturing, the lying. Mm-hmm. Hey, I love it. I love every ounce of it. It brings great discussion. Speaking of running backs, Najee Harris, the rumor mill is pushing this narrative. And I found it interesting that Pittsburgh is going to be the team at pick 24 that, that everyone believes. Kind of like the uh, Vegas uh, Raiders when they took Josh Jacobs and everybody knew it was the worst kept secret in the league that year that every Everyone knew that they were taking him. Najee at pick 24 going to the steel curtain. I think this, you know, we, we had this discussion many times on headliner. You already saying how Najee would be everything they wanted James Connor to be. And I think that he would fit in extremely well in this offense. Yes. Big Ben's arm is ready to fall off. I, we all know this, but they have a receiving core still that rivals the best in the league. And all they really truly require is that three down back. And I, I still think Najee is that guy, even though I believe Travis is the better overall prospect, but I think that Najee in Pittsburgh, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful fit. If, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it open-ended here. I don't even care what name you insert into that. If the Pittsburgh Steelers go with that early running back, 
it's over. Like that person is going to be this year's CEH. Like the, the hype is going to go through the roof oh, for it because every, the yes. expectations are going to be astronomical because when you look at their roster, if they spend that kind of draft capital, they bring in a Najee, he is the week one starter. Like yeah. there's no one that's going to, to beat him on that roster. He is going to be the guy. And you hit it on the head when you talked about Big Ben. His arm is not all there. We saw him get tired down the stretch. We know he's aging. He contemplated retirement. They're going to have to rely on a running game at some point. And then that's going to kind of what open the field for all those receivers. You got Juju, you got James Washington, you got Deontay Johnson, you got Chase Claypool. I mean, you got so many options in the passing game. Mm. The boxes are never going to be stacked like ever. If they had a running game and a healthy running back, be it Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or whoever it may be, that person is going to feast this year. Uh, I may even like them more than CEH last year because I wasn't a big fan of CEH in 2020, but uh, uh, an early round running back in Pittsburgh, I, I may bite this year. Yeah, and, and with those two, how can you not? I mean, oh, the glory. But you know what? I don't like it because I want Travis selfishly on my team. And of course we'll you do. Ju- we'll you want everybody in Buffalo. You literally because, want a 100-man roster. You know why? Because we're right there, man. We're on the cusp of glory, and I've been suffering my entire life. Can't you just give but do me do you think something? that they're a running back away? I do. I really, truly do. I mean, how are they going? I don't know. I think they need more. I, I, their offense is just so good anyway. So here, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it. Put it to you this way. So when the Bills continue to pass, even with the lead, I was that's like, a problem. Why, why aren't they freaking killing this clock? And it's because they had Moss and Singletary. Just can't do it. So I mean, from that perspective, I, I want to see a running back that is of top quality to to help this offense be that much better, that much more uh, balanced. I, I think is the key. I, I I'm I'm being a, a sarcastic when I say we're just a running back away because we still do need other things. But I mean, if they do have a solid draft, and if if Travis falls to them at pick thirty, and if Brandon Bean doesn't pull this trigger, man, I think on the live stream you might see me chuck a chair chuck a chair or bust through a table one or the other <laughs> bust through a table <laughs> you gotta get have the cell phone ready because you may have to run outside and jump through a table and then come back in oh man it's <laughs> this could be dangerous man on the live stream hey at least at that point it's towards the end of the stream it's true if, if, if you totally have a meltdown and the camera shuts off I yeah. mean, at least we got we got a good four hours out of you. You know what I mean? You mother. <laughs> this camera goes blank. Camera's done, man. I punched right through the thing. This one was funny, man. I got a kick out of this one. It was the Jags coach, Urban Meyer. It says he has, quote unquote, narrowed down his uh, his search for his franchise quarterback between Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. And this is funny to me because, you know, everybody has been dogging Justin Fields lately. And, I mean, we saw it today with, with Chris Sims' mock draft. And, okay, you know, that was, again, the clickbait stuff that everyone wants to say. But 32? You put Fields at Tampa Bay at 32? I, uh, unbelievable. But there's no damn way that Urban Meyer is questioning any other quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. No, and I don't understand why. Like, why – if I had the number one pick, I would just announce it now. Like, I, hey, Trevor's our dude. Like, why? Are, what's the secret? Like, I, I don't understand, like, anymore. Like, what is this? He can't – he's not playing a game. Like, right. what? I mean, everybody there at the beginning of the draft knows all these four or five quarterbacks so well. It doesn't really matter. Like, we understand that if Trevor doesn't go one, he's going two. Uh, so, I mean, why is the – what are the games for, Urban? This is – 
he's trying to play the game. I think what it is is he wanted to have fun the week of the NFL draft, sure. and, and he wanted to be part of the, the team, the, the teams out there, you know, with the, the headlines, and he, he just can't do it. He can't pull it off with a straight face because they're going Trevor Lawrence. He's jocking for position to be he's like, trying hey, against himself. Spot, yeah, put the spotlight on me. Come yeah. on. I need some. I think a hotter take there is who's their running back going to be. Agreed. Agreed. Because I, 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 I'm not buying into James Robinson as of right now. Ooh, let's touch on that. That's nice. Careful what you touch on. We said this is after dark. You I got to be a little careful. I like touching on things, man. I, I'm not work. on the James Robinson bandwagon as of right this second. I, I'm going to go into more detail in a video here pretty soon. But to to give you the gist of it, Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, one of the first people he brought in was Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde played at the University of Ohio. I guess not the University of, it's Ohio State University. Right. Who was his coach there? It was Urban Meyer. What was the best season that Carlos Hyde had in college? It was at Ohio State with Urban Meyer as his head coach. So I'm not saying that Carlos Hyde is going to take over that backfield 100%, but I think Urban Meyer coming into the NFL like, like he is right now with Jacksonville, he wanted a binky. And right now, Carlos Hyde is his binky. Because he knows what to expect. He knows what he's got. He knows where he can use him. He knows in what situations he'll excel at. He'll know how to get him the ball in space to, to make sure that he is successful. He's already done it. Mm. And Carlos Hyde has been so, you know, undervalued for so long. I don't understand. The guy is not a top 12 running back. Sure. I get it. But he deserves more than what he's got here the past few years. He still has that opportunity. And if James Robinson, an undrafted running back, can go in and do what he did in 2020, Carlos Hyde could do the exact same thing. And at worst, what they, maybe they split it. Maybe they go 50, 50, maybe they, even if they go 75, 25 is 75 enough for James Robinson. Cause he needs that volume. He needed that volume because the touchdowns just aren't ever there. It's such an interesting topic. I love it because you know, it, it was, it was the Leonard Fournette thing. Remember I, I wrote that fire piece about Leonard Fournette did. when uh, uh, Gruden was the offensive coordinator and, and I broke it all down and it was, it was right before they let him go. And, and, and the whole purpose of that was Gruden would have utilized the talents of uh, Leonard Fournette to uh, 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 is astonishing levels. I'm, I'm lost for words, but I mean, it's the same type of thing that happened to James Robinson where he took all the PPR work. That was where a boatload of his points came from. I totally understand that. And when you had a guy like Minshew and, and uh, Luton and all these other guys playing, I get it. You know, you, you want to have a running back you can dump off to. With Trevor Lawrence, I agree. It's going to change and alter the system. But then I, I start I start thinking about, and I think we discussed this many times before, is that I think the efficiency rate is the possible now. So here's the flip. So before it was volume-based for James Robinson, now are you talking it has to be efficiency rate? Is he – this is where I struggle with the opinion because I, I really want to know – is James Robinson that guy that can take these, these carries and be that much more efficient with them? Or is he truly the volume guy? And now with a, with a true franchise quarterback, you know they're adding weapons in the, in the receiving core as well and, and with uh, DJ Chark and company. But, I mean, I, I, I question it, but I don't hate your, your, your evaluation on having Hyde there with Urban Meyer because, absolutely, that's going to put a wrinkle into, into his overall fantasy prospects. And here's the biggest issue with all of it, and it's always the recency bias side of things for fantasy football. Do you want to buy James Robinson at the 2020 peak of what he was? Are you going to get the same return in 2021 with a completely different offense in Jacksonville? I don't know if I'm willing to take that gamble mm. to pay the 2020 price 
with a brand new 2021 team. I, that's the biggest issue because he's going to be way overdrafted in a lot of leagues because a lot of people are going to just see James Robinson, the name. They're going to remember this dude carried me last year. I want him again this year. And if he loses any work whatsoever, you have you will have overpaid in your almost what your first or second pick of fantasy football. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and when it comes to fantasy value like that, I mean, you cannot reach and you have to be very smart with it. But I like that point a lot. I think it's a great conversation. The Jaguars and Urban Meyer, they're trying to get the spotlight, but I'm pulling it off because you don't ha- you don't need it. Here's a question. You rather have James Robinson or Joe Mixon? Oh, because right now you have to draft James Robinson before Joe Mixon. Yes, you do. You know, if they're telling me Joe Burrow's back week one, I'll, I'll still I'll still ride with Joe Mixon. 100%. So will I. With no 100%. Gio Bernard there, give me Mixon every time as of right now. I could get burned again, but at least I know going into the season as of right now, he is not going to be splitting with almost anybody. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that with the value marker, you could get two other players and you're like, where is Mixon going now? He's going in the third. Yeah, he's, he's almost borderline fourth. Yeah, see, I love that value. I'll take that mm-hmm. value all day long. And if they tell me, you know, Joe, they're already saying Joe's coming back better, faster, and quicker than ever. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I've always been a mixing guy anyways. Well, good, because the scar on his knee is huge, so he better be good. <laughs> man, whoever did that, they butchered the man. Dude, did he, did he do it in Mexico? Like, what's going on? Did he yeah. go to a Mexican, like, third-rate hospital? <laughs> did he just, like, talk to some dude on the side of the street? Like, dude, just cut me, Mick. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it looked bad. Like, there was no... You need a warranty on that <laughs> shit, man. Did they use was... a Sawzall? I mean, what did they use? Because that is not a clean cut whatsoever. A couple of tequilas before <laughs> yeah. they hit it, and then, you know? Yeah, just went at it. Oh my goodness. My goodness. I love this part of the draft. You know what we've, like you said, we've done mocks like crazy and, and everything's happening, but you know, let's be real. Let's, let's try to bring out the realness of this. We don't know, but I mean, you know, we like to play this game as well. Best team fit for these rookies. And I got some names. I got some names. Where do you want to see them go? Where do you want to see them go? Preferably whatever it is for, for your team, fantasy football wise, for the love of the game, for the favorite player, however you want to say it, Justin Fields, where do you want this man to go? I want him in San Francisco. Ooh, me too. That's what I want it because Justin Fields, a Cam Newton esque type quarterback in a Kyle Shanahan offense could be dangerously scary fantasy football wise. Cause you'll have the rushing upside. You'll have elite options to throw it to right away with Debo Samuel and Brandon. Ayuk and George Kittle, the backfield uh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson jr. Don't love it, but that just gives more opportunities for Justin Fields. I mean, fantasy football wise, that's, that's where I want to see him. I love that. I, you know, I still think I, I, I'd be shocked. Everyone else is not going to be shocked or everyone else will be shocked. I won't be shocked if Fields goes, either. Uh, you're right. And I mean, I, I think it is fields. I think they've been playing the hand for so long that nobody understands. And, and the narrative continues to be pushed to say that Shanahan needs the pocket guy. I, I don't buy it, man. He had RG three. And when you listen to him, actually, it was one of those things, uh, uh, interviews a couple weeks ago where they asked him, they said, you know, what made your offense so good in Washington with RG three? And he gave the best breakdown. I don't know if you caught that one. No, I did not. I did not hear that interview. 
oh man, it was so good. He was like, you know, everything that we could do, even if we weren't in the sets that were doing RPOs, they were afraid of it. And, and he says it made us so multidimensional. So this is why when everyone's saying, oh, it's Mac Jones, 100% because of Kirk Cousins and because of whoever else he had that was a pocket passer. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, thank you. And 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 I disagree. I, I think that it has to be, it, it could be Trey Lance, but I mean, I think the, the smart money here is it has to be Justin Fields to San Fran. Is Trey Lance a pocket quarterback? No, he is not. So there exactly, you go. Exactly, right? Exactly. I mean, I mean, Mac Jones is really the only guy that you can label a pocket quarterback as of, you know, at the beginning half of this draft. And to go Mac Jones over Trey Lance or Justin Fields, in my opinion, is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because Mac Jones is a solid quarterback. Yep. He is not. The be, Mac Jones ceiling is Kirk Cousins. Like you I'm, just said. I'm saying, I'm saying Matt Ryan is a ceiling, but and, and that's very even similar. Yep. that's yeah, it's similar. He's, he's going to be able to go out there. He's going to throw for, you know, at some point in his career, he'll get right around that 3,500, 3,800 yards, maybe right around 4,000. Yep. He's going to be somewhere right in the ballpark of high twenties and touchdowns in the teens and interceptions. It's nothing that's going to be like, wow. Like I don't see him as somebody who's going to lead my team year in and year out to the Super Bowl or at least deep in the playoffs. I don't even know with Mac Jones in San Francisco if they have a chance in their division with Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and now Matthew Stafford. And then you're going to add in Mac Jones. Uh, sorry, odd man out. Uh, you're, you have no chance. Interesting. Interesting point. So Mac Jones, let's talk about him. Where do you want him to go now? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd would almost prefer him. I can see him fitting in New England. Yeah, I, I think he makes most sense in New England. Um, honestly, to give you a reason why, though, it's just because of what's left. I don't think that they're going to be able to move up and get any of the other guys. I don't think they have a shot at Trey Lance. We know that Lawrence and and uh, Fields more than like I would think Fields would be gone. Uh, I, I New England makes the most sense because they can move up into that pick ten range. Hopefully, if he's still there. That's not that big of a move for them, and they can go after somebody. I mean, we've seen them do it before, right, with underwhelming draft talent and turn them into something. The problem is you're going to put him in New England, and he's not going to have a whole lot to work with right mm -hmm. now anyway. Yep. At least they have Cam Newton on a one-year a one deal. He can sit behind Cam Newton for a year and then take the reins next year. Yeah, I like it. I, 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 that's been my pick for him as well. I'm also thinking flirting with, you know, if he does fall or if Pittsburgh decides to move up, Pittsburgh would be a good fit as well. It's almost like a big Ben going to the yep. same offense. So it's, it's another one of those things, even Washington. I, I wouldn't hate Mac Jones in Washington. I really truly wouldn't. I think that he could utilize that receiving core. I mean, he showed that he could use it in Bama. So you got guys like Terry, you're going to add other weapons. I, I don't hate it. You got a Curtis Samuel now. So he, uh, you know what the, you know what the great thing about Mac Jones was and, and and I think he does it better than anybody else in this draft is that he actually has the timing on point with extremely fast wide receivers. It was so rare to see his wide receivers slow up when he threw the deep ball. And that, that just is all timing and instinct in my opinion. So with, with a good wildly receiving core, I think he could do very well in the NFL. And that's the thing is, is he going to have that? Where is, is he, he going to go that? and have that? Right. The only opportunity he's going to have is if he goes to San Francisco, right? He's not going to have it with the jets. He's not going to have it with the Jaguars. The is he going to have it? I mean, I what maybe maybe if Atlanta goes, I mean, do they go on to go quarterback? I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I see Mac Jones and I see somebody who was propped up by superior wide receiver talent at the mm. same school that he played at. And that inflated his numbers to a point that got him in this conversation. But I don't see him replicating that in, in the pros. Interesting take. Interesting. Trey Lance. 
Where are we going with Trey Lance? Because now we got Atlanta there. You know, we got we got all these things happening right now. Where where's Trey Lance going in your mind? Man, Trey Lance is he's a difficult one. I would love to see him in Washington. I think mm. that type of quarterback back with Ron Rivera, who we saw do great things with Cam Newton. I think that would be a match made in heaven because I love Ron Rivera. Uh, I would rather him be in Washington than Denver. I know a lot of people don't like Drew Locke, but I'd still rather him be in Washington. Uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I, I'm probably going to have to go with the football team. Uh, the football team and, and give him a year, right? We've, yep. I, I've watched the Headliner U videos. I, he, the Ooh. dude is raw, right? He needs, he needs some time. And to go there with a dude who played at Harvard or went to Harvard, in uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and has been in this league for a long time and to learn from a true professional like that for a year and then take over a great squad in 2022 with the likes of Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibbs. I, I like that a lot for mm. the future. Not so much 2021 though. It'd be a, it'd be a 2022 thing. What about Chicago? I was, I was flirting the other day. I was thinking, I'm like, Chicago still has some pieces. You know, they, they need a little bit more offensive line. I get it. You know, you got Allen Robinson, you got Mooney, you're starting to build in the, in the, in the right direction. And then you go and bring Andy Dalton in and you, you mess everything up. So is this the plan? Are they going to sell out again for a quarterback? And if they get it wrong again, like, do they have the kahunas? This is the thing. Do they have the kahunas to do this? Because I don't think they do. I think they're terrified shitless to, um, to trade up for another quarterback. I don't think they do it. I don't, I think that I don't think, I think they just roll with Dalton again and they're in the sweepstakes next year because like think it. about it so far in this short off season, this whole four months that we've been going through it, they've thought that they were getting Russell Wilson. <laughs> then they thought that they were getting Deshaun Watson yep. and then they got Andy Dalton. So at this point, I think Score. it's just safe to say, yeah, congratulations, you got Andy Dalton. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that Andy Dalton, I mean, you could do worse than Andy Dalton. Sure. But he's not gonna he's not gonna lead them to the playoff. They're not gonna beat Green Bay in that division. You know what I mean? They're gonna have he'll have great weeks, but it's not gonna be consistent. And I think that they just kind of continue to roll uh and, and and play off, you know, one more year. I, I don't I don't see them doing that again. I think I think they learned their lesson last time. Do you know what I'm excited for? The the shootouts between Chicago and Detroit. I think we're gonna see like dude 42. 35s. I, I can't wait, man. Jared Goff for MVP. I don't even know who Goff's going to throw to, though. Maybe. I mean, are we really going to buy into some Quintez Cephas this yes. year? I mean, Quintez, <laughs> baby. I love this kid. Let's. Go. I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm, I'm not. I'm reaching. I'm totally reaching. I mean, they have to. I would think that like in the draft time of the draft, I could see like a Devonta Smith going to, to Detroit. Uh, one of those bigger name guys going to Detroit because what? They got Brashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams. And as of right now, listed on their depth chart. Their starting slot receiver isn't even Quintez Cephas. No, it is Khalif Raymond. Yeah. And I would almost bet that unless you you live in Detroit, you have no idea who the hell Khalif Raymond even is, and he's your starting slot receiver right now. Yeah. He needs some help. Khalif is good. I like Khalif, man. Yeah, well, coming... You may know who he is, but because you, you do this. <laughs> I know. I mean, most people watching like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Khalif was a former product from Tennessee, man. This is, I'll school you guys up. But he, he is. He he's is. He's okay. He's okay. But I, I thought you were going to say Kyle Richardson is the slot receiver. In At this point, Kyle may be able to suit up. <laughs> I, I, I've seen, I mean, Kyle's more of a tight end though. Yeah, and, you is. know what I mean? He's True. not really the, I don't think he's got the top end speed to play receiver. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of the possession tight end guy. 
something like that. Yeah, he's, he's, in, he's in there. <laughs> At best. But they already got Hawkinson, so sorry. Sorry, Kyle. You're out, buddy. <laughs> Kenny Gainwell. Let's move to some running backs. Where do you think Kenny's going to go? Because he's kind of got that little, you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon to him, but then he's kind of looks like he could be a three-down back with his wheels, his, his, his toughness. I, I don't mind this kid, but I struggle sometimes to understand what is he really truly going to be in the NFL? Where do you think this kid goes? I think this guy is victim of Twitter hype. I think not saying he's not good, but I think that he's being overhyped because so many people nowadays want to be, I'm going to, I'm going to name the lower level guy just so I can have my name. So I can say I hit on somebody. Yes. Like to me, Gainwell just blends in with everybody else. That's going to be a late day two, early day three pick. Like he's not going to, I don't see him going anywhere in the NFL and getting consistent work and less of an injury. Like he's, he's going to be a solid running back, but this is the reason why running backs are so, you know, undervalued now because they're kind of dime a dozen. There's a few elite and then everybody else is just in the same bucket. And that's kind of where he's at. Uh, Maybe you could see him fall to someplace. Maybe he ends up going to like a Cincinnati to be behind Joe Mm. Mixon later on, you know, something like that would make some sense. I don't know. I don't love it for fantasy football, obviously, but it's just going to be somebody where he's going to be buried on a depth chart. It wouldn't even surprise me whatsoever. If he's somebody who's cutting camp. Wow, that's bold. I, you know, I, I like him. I like him in Atlanta. I really do. I think Atlanta's I got a lot of problems. You know, you could turn a Gainwell into like an Eric Metcalf. You, you know, you like you utilize him a, a very differently, make him more of a passing back. But but I agree. I think, you know what, this running back class is getting a lot of hatred anyway, because it's not the top end deal like we're used to. Like we're, we've been spoiled from the Dobbins and and, and those uh, that draft Jonathan from Taylor. Previous. Yeah, Taylor and them. Yeah, man. What about Jamar Chase, man? Where do you see this guy going? Because, you know, I, I still believe, you know, it's it's got to be Miami. Miami has to be the pick because I'm selling it in the point that my, I'm listening to what Miami's telling me. Miami is selling me that they're going to put stuff around Tua, just like we're talking about putting stuff around Hurts. If you're not going to help Tua, how the hell do you expect him to succeed? And if you don't get the best wide receiver in this draft to Miami, to me, it's almost a fail. I I 100% agree. I, I love the, the prospect of him going to Miami. I mean, Miami is just, from a fantasy football perspective, I don't know if it's the best move fantasy-wise because I don't think Tua can then turn around and supply Devontae Parker, Jamar Chase, Will Fuller, and Mike Gusecki enough to make them all fantasy football viable. And those are all names that people ask about you know, for fantasy football. So I think if a Jamar Chase goes there fantasy-wise, it hurts a lot of people. Am I going to be surprised on Thursday night – It'll probably be right around the 8.15 mark or so p.m. Eastern time if Roger Goodell comes out there on the stage and announces that the Cincinnati Bengals have selected Jamar Chase. I, I don't like it. I, I don't, don't like it, it either. Is, it is the wrong pick. Agreed. But the aura around reuniting Joe Burrow with the dude that, you know, he won the national championship with that went out there and balled out in Jamar Chase, yeah. you know, Right now, Joe Burrow is having conversations with people saying, I want Jamar Chase. They lost A.J. Green. I want Chase because that's the sexy pick. But what what Joe Burrow doesn't realize and other people is even though it's the sexy pick, Joe Burrow can't throw from his back. He needs to be protected, and Penny Sewell needs to be a Bengal. However, I will not be surprised if he is going to Cincinnati on draft night. Interesting because, you know, that scar, man, you can't recut that scar, buddy. And, you know – 
I fear for it. I really do. And I mean, here's the thing. This draft is so loaded with wide receiver talent and I get it. Chase could be that generational talent. We use that word a lot, but he could be. And, and if, if they do this and you don't pick, there's what four really good offensive linemen in this draft, offensive tackles, you need to collect or correct your bookends. Otherwise, we're going to see Andrew Luck 2.0, and I'm and I'm terrified of it because Joe Burrow is really good. I really, uh, after seeing what he was able to do on a very uneven Bengals squad, it was it was that's the progression that I love to see as an evaluator. Is 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 when you see a guy. It's the same shit that everyone was talking about with Josh Allen. They're like, you know, Josh Allen sucks. He can't throw the ball. I said, give it time. Watch him progress. If if he starts starts going up and down, up and down, then you kind of have. But he was kind of like ascending, always ascending sending he had what bad game in between five but joe burrow was this guy where he was actually ascending constantly every single game and then the injury bug hit him and and it was like damn if you do chase here i think it's a grave disservice even though for fantasy football i mean they're likely going to get into 45 to to 42 games all the time and that's Mm -hmm. great that part is that part is awesome and and you've got to look at the division they're in look who they're competing on six games a year I mean, between Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Baltimore, that's six games on your schedule that all of those guys, they're going to score 30 to 40 points on you every single time that you play them. Can you turn around and and, and match that? I, I love me some T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. I, I like Tyler Boyd. I like Joe Mixon. I still don't think that they compete with those three teams, though. So, and that's where I think that that, that thought may be there. Like, you know what? If we're going to compete in this division, even have a shot, we need more offense. And that's where I think that they could get themselves into some trouble is because they're looking at their schedule and going, Oh crap, we ain't going to be able to score 30, 40 a week. So we're going to have to add somebody like a Jamar chase to replace an AJ green. Now, Jamar chase, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, that is that is that is really that's really nice. It's you know, nice. I mean, that's that's nice. I like uh, very much, very much. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. They're not going to have leads very often. And that's just going to open up Joe Burrow to take some big hits. And that's that's what I hate to see. Yeah. And, it, you know, you, you bring up the teams, man. It's Pittsburgh. It's Baltimore. And, you know, they're just they're animals when it comes to building defense. So that terrifies me to my my core. I mean, Plus, I mean I you did. got think of the Browns. You got Jadavion exactly. Clowney and, and Miles Garrett. Exactly. I didn't even bring up that man. And I, I've been preaching how much I love what the Browns have done this offseason on the defensive side. Like yep. you got three teams that's six games. You got to go against uh, defensive fronts that are just going to tear you apart. And you're going to go in. Oh man, you got to do offensive line. Got to. You got to. You got to. But I, I don't. I'm not going to be surprised. You. I hear you. I hear you. It's interesting. Rashad Bateman, he's been making news. I, you know what? It was, I, I wasn't overly convinced with Bateman until I really studied the film. And, and he really does give me the, the Mike Evans feel. It's a little bit of Keenan Allen, but it's like a mix between him and Mike Evans. I think he's very good. And, and the thing is, he's probably going to slip out of the first round. I'd be shocked if he gets taken in the, in the first round. But where do you think he would go to make a good fit? I, I, I've been, I've been kind of humming and hawing on this one. A very difficult because you know Baltimore has been rumored to try to go after him. And and I mean, do I believe anything Baltimore says with giving Lamar Jackson any weapons? I mean, you gave him Sammy Watkins, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I'm looking up and down the teams here, there's one to me that kind of stands out that I would like to see him as. And this one may, it may not sound cool. But it's it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. I, who do they got? They got Henry Ruggs. Okay, cool. What else they got? <laughs> they 
They got Brian Edwards. He didn't do much. He didn't do, he didn't do nothing. I mean, no. we all loved him in the off season last no. year, no. but I mean, I, I'm not going to hold that against him because there was no rookie camps in off season. Sure. I'm, I'm, I still like Brian Edwards going forward. I'm not trashing that, but who is the guy it's not for, in, in Las Vegas? There isn't one. And we saw that, you know, Edwards struggled last year. Maybe he isn't a number one guy. Well, maybe if you add a Bateman on one side, Bateman Edwards, and then you have rugs in the slot. Mm. Now all of a sudden I like it a little bit better with, with, uh, you know, Waller at tight end. You got Jacobs and Drake in the backfield. Oh, the offense looks better, but right now, I mean, are, are we, are we reliant on Henry rugs and Hunter Renfro? Like is basically what we're reliant on right now in Las Vegas. And, in a division going up against Kansas city and the chargers with Herbert. Now you got no shot with that. Like whatsoever. Everybody wants to hate on Derek Carr. I am a Derek Carr truther mm. and I will continue to be until he is cut because I love Derek Carr and he has continually put up solid numbers with piss poor offensive weapons at his disposal. Okay. And Henry Ruggs is a great talent. Yep. But you can't send the guy on a go route every time. Uh, defenses know it. I mean, they know what's coming. The guy is a speed guy. They need somebody else, and a Bateman would would help it. They, they'd stay super young. I'm not going to say that they're going to go from you know bottom of the league to top of the league by any means, but it makes sense because he's having an opportunity there. You know, from week one. I love it. I love every ounce of what you just said because I still am that Henry Ruggs guy. I, I I'm not giving up faith. I, and you know what it was? It was the, the amount of how teams. Uh, uh, misuse player and talent. I, I can't handle that crap, okay? I get it, Gruden. You were just trying to take the top off of defenses to give Jacobs no stack boxes. I get it, man, but I'm with you. I've always been a car guy. I like Derek Carr from the perspective that he has put up big numbers in this league, 35 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, basically. I mean, this is what he's been able to do. You give him the talent around him. Now, like you said, they got Drake, they got Jacobs. You add a guy like uh, uh, Bateman to this team, I don't hate that whatsoever because now you will have a trio of of pass catchers and if you can put rugs in the damn slot that slant route man is is automatic every time and and you're gonna see what i see in rugs you definitely will you're gonna be like hey chouse you're right you're right totally and, and i get it I, like i said it's all about how they were using him and they just would he was constantly being underutilized because the defense knew yeah. where else are you gonna go Derek? you got nowhere else to go we're just gonna double cover rugs and and you're you're going to go to Waller. I, that's all you got. And that's why Darren Waller is such a huge asset at the tight end position, but building more offensive weapons there and taking some of that defensive pressure away from rugs will help the entire offense. doesn't mean that Bateman's going to go be a, a Justin Jefferson this year, but it's going to give the defense another person that they have to think about and worry about. And with rugs speed, all you need is that, that sliver, you know, he, he needs a yard of separation that's to it. make a big play happen but he's never going to get it if he's continually double covered because they have nowhere else to go. Yeah, I agree. I like it. I like it a lot. Finishing it off. Speaking of tight ends, kind of Darren Waller style, Kyle Pitts, man, he's getting, you know, we know he is what the, the top six player rank in this draft for talent, solely talent. Um, I, I like him. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we, we watched his pro day. We, we were discussing this. And, and uh, together, and we were talking, you know, some looked like his feet were a little bit heavy. They were not. But regardless of how it was, he still is going to be a generational talent, barring any health concerns. I had him mocked down in my mock draft all the way to uh, Los Angeles uh, Chargers. And, and 
for me, why I say that is because I, I believe with how this draft could unfold, and now you're adding like a, a chase to, to the Cincinnati Bengals, that actually just makes his stock go down even more, not because of talent, just because people will value the other prospects that much more. Do you see Pitts going in the top five? Is That's my main thing. Do you see him going there? Because I don't know if I do. I don't. I don't want him to. Mm. I don't. I don't think that. That's a different topic, that. though. I, 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 I believe in the talent. Trust me, I believe yeah. in the talent. But I also believe that rookie tight ends need some time to figure out the game in the NFL. It's yes. a different ball game for tight ends. So I don't see the guy. Look at. I mean, everybody thought T.J. Hawkinson. They come in and Noah Fant would come in. All oh, these guys are going to be studs. Eh, whatever. I mean, solid at times, but inconsistent. Kyle Pitts is going to be. At one point in this league, he's going to be a force. Is he going to be a force if he goes to Atlanta at four? I really don't think so. Because if they go Pitts at four, that means they're keeping Matt Ryan more than likely than they keep Julio Jones. Mm. Now he's splitting targets with Julio uh, and and Calvin Ridley. Plus, we still have Hunter Hurst. Uh, excuse me, Hayden Hurst. Hunter Hayden, Hurst. I'm yep. talking about wrestling here. <laughs> Hayden Hurst. Uh, you know, so uh, what the hell were you many... watching before the show, man? I wasn't. I haven't watched that in like 15 years, but it just it just rolled off the, <laughs> the tongue. Highlight tape. That's right. Uh, but yeah, there's just too many, there's too many mouths to feed yeah. there. So I don't love that for him because he's not going to get an opportunity to, to find that rhythm consistently because there's too many other mouths to feed. But then if you look, go down the list, I mean, at number six, could, could he go to Miami? I wonder. I, I, really I mean, wonder. I, I don't see it personally. I don't see it, but do they pass on it? Because I, I, I love me some Mike Gusecki. I, I, yeah, I, like I think, I think he has the ability to take it to the next level. Uh, the Detroit Lions, they're not going to because no. they got Hawkinson. That's it. The Carolina Panthers, they got sure. way more needs than a tight end. Right. The, the Denver Broncos, nope, they got Noah Fant. This is all of a sudden where you get into your mock draft, and the reason why he's falling is because there's a lot of teams, and if he doesn't go at four, right. or four, five, or six, he may fall. And, dude, if he falls to the Chargers. Oh, my God. I Not only will I be excited because my boy got it right, but <laughs> I, I'm just doing it for Herbert, dude, man. I'm going to have to, I'm going to be in a room with other dudes here watching the draft and I'm going to have to like put a pillow in my lap because him with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, that is a dream situation for Kyle Pitts. Does it, does he fall all that way? That's going to be tough because I think a lot of teams are just like, man, we can't pass on them. We don't want them to get them. So we'll just take them instead. But then again, look at last year in CD lamb. Falling yes, all the way indeed. to the Dallas Cowboys. Thank the you. The same thing can happen. The uh, same damn thing. <laughs> it's the exact same. Break thing. out the towels, man, because there's going to be spewing happening if that if, Dude, if he goes. If to he the goes Chargers. to the Chargers, Justin Herbert stock is going to skyrocket. I love it. I I love it so much, and I'm not even a Charger fan, man. This is like my my third team. I'm 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 taking in. I'm adopting them That's if right. this happens because it's just phenomenal. Love it. I love it too, man. That's all I got, buddy. That's all Perfect. we got today. Perfect. I, this this type of stuff is fun. I mean, I can I can just come off the dome and I ain't got to stare at a camera. I like this stuff. I mean, we, we may have to do this more often. I think so too, man. It's, it's, Perfect. It's, it's good fun, man. Good, good fun. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Jake on Twitter at FNTSY Headliners. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Jake, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.